Hello and welcome to the ALC Pan-African Radio's Talking Africa program. Talking Africa provides in-depth interviews with experts and other actors in the field of peace and security in Africa. Hello, I'm Desmond Davis. My guest today in Nairobi is Timothy Wanyoni, MP for Westlands constituency representing the opposition Orange Democratic Movement in Parliament. Uh, Mr. Wanyoni, I mean, this is your second time. I heard that you've just won the election. How do you feel? Uh, it feels great and it shows that uh, the people of Westland still have confidence in me to represent them in the 12th Parliament. Uh, I, I think I feel very good. Uh, well, that's the point. I mean, how do you yourself interact with your constituencies? Because, I mean, we know that politicians in Africa, once they've been elected, they disappear and they don't see them until five years later. For the last five years I've been a member of parliament, I maintained direct contact with the people all the time. Um, and I have special days set aside for attending to my constituency uh, duties. And that is Monday and Friday. And I'm always there from uh, seven in the morning to around one o'clock. And I do nothing but just attend to the issues affecting the people I'm representing in Parliament. What are the sort of issues that come up when you deal with your constituencies? There are numerous uh, uh, things that come up, uh, uh, matters on security, uh, social welfare, uh, like uh, people are looking for school fees, people looking for all manner of help. But sometimes what I've realized is that most of the time, they just want attention. They want somebody to listen to them. They want to see their leader. And when you sit with them, most of them will just tell you that they have never had an opportunity to sit with a member of parliament. And this is the time that uh, they're having a direct um, uh, interaction with a with member of parliament. And they feel good and they just go away. And uh, sometimes I, I, I feel that... Uh, we do a lot of disservice to the people when we keep away from them. Uh, most of the time, because here in Africa, there's, the level of poverty is very high. So members of parliament and other leaders feel that when they meet their constituents, they are coming to ask for money. But that, I think, uh, it's far-fetched. Sometimes it is yes, but not always. That's what I can say. Oh, I see. So some of them just believe that people want to ask for money, so that's why they're running away from yeah. the... That is true. That is true. Because most of the time, especially like we are coming from a campaign, um, many of uh, the campaigns that we do involve giving out money. And there are so many people who, because of their level of disengagement with the people, they spend so much money trying to bribe voters so that they can elect them. But I've realized that when you have that direct interaction all the way from the, the first day you are elected until the next election, you'll find it very easy for you. When you go out to campaign, very few people will want you to give them money. Yes, but as an MP in, 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 uh, in Kenya, uh, do you get uh, special allowances to run an office, say a constituency office, that you can run to then provide services to uh, your constituents? 
Yes, Parliament has given us uh, constituents offices which are paid for by Parliament. We have uh, a full-time staff. We also have constituency development fund that we use uh, to do development within our constituency. So this is supplied by, by the Parliament and uh, it is given direct to the constituents office which has a manager and uh, members of staff working under him. But uh, that, that fund, the constituency development fund, is it controlled by the, uh, the governor of the county? No, this is directly controlled by the member of parliament for a constituency level because this is, these funds are just direct to the constituency. And you know, these funds came before even the, uh, the, the county government came into existence. So it is, it is it's an older uh, way of devolution than uh, what we have today. So it means that you as an MP already has an advantage over someone who might want to challenge you because, I mean, the government is providing funds for development which you can use to show that you've been doing a good job? I say yes and no because one, as much as the fund is, uh, is located to the constituency, there is um, a committee that uh, runs that fund and the member of parliament is not even a member, it's, it's just a patron of the fund. So you don't see it and most of the time there was the direct the, the development, they will allocate the money to the projects within the constituency. And the member of parliament's work is to oversight that, uh, the performance of that fund. That, before that, before this, uh, ch the change in the law, it was the member of parliament who had direct control and even could direct which, where, where the money can, can spend, but not anymore. So now the safeguards. Yes, the safeguards. We don't even, we are not even signatory to the account. I don't even sit in the committee myself. The only t thing I, I, I have to make sure that the projects that are being allocated are within uh, uh, the needs of the people, not just uh, anybody directing money to places that are not necessary. Yeah. yeah, in the current election, we seem to have, uh, well, not a stalemate, because I mean, the, the Electoral Commission is announcing that uh, President Ken Kenyatta is in the lead. Uh, Mr. Odinga is trailing, but he's, he's challenging the, the, the results. I mean, from your own inside perspective, what's the situation? We have seen that there's some discrepancy between the, what the, the Electoral Commission is uh, transmitting and uh, what is uh, available in, uh, in hard copies, because uh, what is transmitted uh, electronically is, is, is differing from what is uh, on uh, uh, from that four that four p that four a because that is the origin the the, the, the results tra being transmitted are coming from that form but if the, the results received at the end is not uh, uh, corresponding with the with the with the source then there's a problem what we are saying is that the IBC should investigate and. Uh, find out whether what the NASA coalition is raising has any credibility. And we find that so far uh, we have seen that there is some truth in the, in the, in, in, in the allocations that, 
the NASA leader is raising. And uh, this shows that there's somebody who is also trying to hack into the system of IEBC. But uh, this is a subject of investigation. I believe IEBC will do the needful and, and come out clearly because we don't want a country to be divided on uh, those who are supporting uh, the NASA and, and the Jubilee uh, site. Well, the chief electoral officer is assuring Kenyans that everything will be all right on the, on the day itself when the results are announced finally. I think that is easier said than, when, than the reality because the moment they announce the, those results the way they are today, if they have not done any investigation and come out with concrete answers to the people, to what NASA is raising, it will bring a lot of tension. And uh, even now, yesterday people were already rioting in some parts of Nairobi. People were already burning and barricading roads. So you can imagine when now they go ahead and announce the, the winner of the results, then it will be something different. But speaking to residents, they say that uh, these people who are out on the streets are criminals who want to loot on people who want to settle scores. No, I don't think so. Because you can imagine a whole region coming out. Does it mean the whole of that place people are criminals? Because uh, there's this place called Madari. Madari is an informal settlement. Yes. And people who stay there are... Are, that's a, a full constituency. People are electing their leaders from that level. So you cannot, these are supporters of uh, the, the, the NASA coalition, most of them. In, in my own constituency, there are people coming from Kawangware, which is uh, next to my uh, constituency, and they're coming in armed, and uh, they want to, uh, you know, fight. So the police are having a hard time even controlling this as people keep on pouring in the streets. So it is uh, something that they must uh, take very carefully because if they just uh, uh, do the way we did in 208, it, it, will, be, it will just escalate. Yeah, but also, uh, having traveled around the, the country for the last week, I believe that people will now just sit back indoors and then, and then just let the politicians and the civil society activists fight it out among themselves. The problem they, they don't is, want to get involved anymore in violence. Yeah, there are people who, who feel that way. And I also want to encourage that uh, there should be dialogue. We should uh, uh, try to solve our problems without uh, violence because many times people who fight are our followers and uh, you find that uh, they fight and, and cause a lot of damage and we end up in a very critical situation. But the leaders can control that. Because yeah. if I tell my followers not to, uh, to arm themselves to fight, then they will, not, they will not do it. That's a very good point you've made. Because, I mean, yeah. most people now, when I speak to them, say, yes, I mean, when we are fighting, the leaders are in Europe and in America with their wives and the children and they're left behind killing themselves. Yeah, because we make very dangerous pronouncements because when I say um, today, because I've, I was waiting for my certificate for the last two days since the election, the results were declared on, on the 8th 
and today is 10th. I've just collected my certificate because uh, there was the process was extremely slow. These people have got a skeleton of staff and they have to go through so many documents and minute details before they, they, they make announcement. So if you get impatient and, and, and incite your followers that uh, maybe they are manipulating their results, then people will come out and start arming themselves to con confront the opponent. And this is the kind of things that we should be very, very careful about. Some pronouncements we make are the ones that cause uh, this uh, political disharmony in, in our country. And I don't, decide, I don't agree with uh, anybody who wants to incite people to fight. Because that is, when we start fighting, it's very hard to stop. You are listening to Talking Africa on the ALC Pan-African Radio. Stay tuned. Welcome back. My guest today in Nairobi is Timothy Wanyoni. MP for Westlands constituency representing the opposition Orange Democratic Movement, the ODM. Well, exactly. That's a very good point you've made because, I mean, it is down to lack of communication because, I mean, M uh, politicians don't communicate effectively with the, with the constituents to, 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 so that they know what's going on. Because, I mean, let's face it, to have six elections in one day is too complex. It is yeah, you don't complex. even get this sort of thing in, in developed societies. It's too complex, it's too heavy, and uh, even confusing because yes. at the end of the day, somebody goes there and even they get confused which whom, whom they're electing. And uh, at the, uh, very few people go there, maybe they only know they want to elect the president. They yes. don't know the member of parliament. They don't know who the, the county assembly representative is. They don't know who their senator is. They don't know other, these other leaders. But because they have to elect uh, six people, they are just given pallet papers and tell them. And you'll see most of them even asking, uh, whom else do we elect? Because I only know the, my president. So I believe that uh, we should come up with a, a better system than what we're having because... If we can separate, for example, the election of the president from the rest, maybe it will be easier to handle because the president election is itself too big. Well, economists have said that it's more cost effective to have all six at one time rather than breaking, yeah, but breaking the whole thing up. I think other countries have done it, Zimbabwe, Rwanda and several other countries, they do it separately. I don't see why we cannot do it because it's also not, I, I believe it's not also not right to uh, have the, 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 the term of the president running concurrent with, the, with that of the National Assembly. Now, like the, when we are in election from the 8th, it means there was completely nothing. There was no government. There was no yes. uh, leadership existing. Exactly. So if anything happens in the country, then the country is completely in a dilemma. So if we stack it, then there will never be a vacuum. The government will be running all the time. But do you think uh, devolved government devolution is working? I think they have, so far... Um, it's just been around for four years. So far, it's, 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 
there's some uh, quite good uh, indicators that it's, it's, it's actually working because uh, some of the resources that had never reached some parts of this country have gone down deeper to those areas. For example, the Trukana County is one of the most backward uh, uh, regions of, of Kenya. From the central government, resources were not reaching those areas, but now the funds are going down to the lowest level of government. So I think the only problem that was there, is, I think it's a teething problem because uh, it's the first time we are doing it. And maybe with this coming, the second one, this now will be the, the measure, whether it is going to, we, we, we need it or we don't need it. Because if we don't get it right from now, then we know there's a, a big problem. And this time around, they've got five years yes. in power to ensure this that... This will be a full time. A full time to ensure that yes. things work. What about the future of Kenya? I mean, young people. Are they alienated by all the politicians? Because they are the ones who will take over the reins 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. How are they being uh, groomed for future leadership? I think when you look at the current uh, parliament and even the, 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 the immediate past one, we had so many young people in parliament. Like right now, I can, I've can already count there are about um, almost six that I know, young people. Or some, or one of the member of parliament from Meru region is 24 years old. We are going to have uh, very many people. And also the constitution provides for uh, the nomination of uh, nominating uh, the representative of the young people in parliament, both uh, um, male and female. And I think uh, that we are moving away from that uh, that uh, that uh, that uh, thing of only politicians being people who are old. Yes, the, the bigger seats like the presidency, it will, because it requires a lot of uh, resources and experience. It will find that it is like it's a preserve of people who have already established themselves. But uh, at the representative level, we are now having young people coming in. But even at the county assembly, at the national assembly, even the senate. But the main worry is that they do not fall into the same habits of the old politicians. Yeah, that is true. So how, how do you ensure that they become better politicians the all around than, than the, uh, the current <laughs> ones? The only thing in what we experience in Africa is that uh, people don't retire because <laughs> <laughs> the older politicians keep on hanging there. Every year they are turning up and some even trying to manipulate even the law, the constitution, the amend constitution to allow them even to stay in office beyond the limit that is allowed by, by the law. We have seen it in Rwanda, we have seen it in Uganda, we have seen it in Zimbabwe. And uh, I think we are lucky that uh, it has not happened here because Kibaki finished five year, ten years and left. Moi finished ten years and left. And we are hoping nobody is going to come around and, and try to uh, manipulate that. Well, but there's also an age limit. It means that uh, Raila Odinga, if he doesn't succeed this time, he'll be out actually, won't he? In 2020. That age limit, I think we, we the parliament rejected it because um, as a politician, you are not, as long as you, are, you, are, you have a sound mind and you are, you are in good health, 
I don't think nothing, anything can stop you from being uh, running for an office, even when you are at the age of 80. We've seen Zambia, uh, they have elected a man of 79 years old. And uh, Senegal elected uh, the president at almost, almost, yes, yes. almost 80. Yes. And you can see his performance was, was well above average, I think. I don't think we are putting uh, age limit is going to help because when you look at uh, the judges at the High Court, they are siring at, at 74. So somebody, as long as he's still in good health, me, I believe they can still work, do something, they can still work. Well, how do you see the democratic process generally in Africa? Because, I mean, uh, President, former President Mahama was here, who lost an election in in December, and did that give some encouragement to politicians in the in the opposition? Some encouragement. Yeah, but you know, in Africa, generally people start way of uh, very late in life. That uh, by the time somebody establishes himself, they are way above forty years old, and uh, sometimes people catch up late in life. And some, you know, some areas people go to school very late, and you find that uh, somebody is going to school at the, when he's over ten years old and all that. So by the time you graduate and come out and start uh, maybe working and establish yourself, you you are already way old. You are maybe going into fifty, mm -hmm. and that is, uh, I think, the problem that we have in Africa. But you know, in developed countries, you find, we find uh, uh, President Clinton became a president at the age of uh, 44 or something around there. Uh, Barack Obama, he has become, you became president when you are still very young. And he has left office when he's also very young. But you can see, like here, the current leadership, Uhuru Kenyatta and uh, Ruto, they, they have come to office when they, have, they, were, they were very young. Very young, yes. And uh, <coughs> people are accusing them of, uh, you know, uh, doing things not in the right way because maybe they are young. But this is a, this is a time to try and see how, compare what the Kibaki and Uhuru. Kibaki was in government for many, many, many years. Uhuru has been in government barely, maybe, maybe, maybe 10, 15 years, and 10 years, then he becomes president. So well, I think maybe, maybe we talk about experience, not age. But that's the problem in Africa, actually. I mean, yes. the cultural thing says that older people are wiser than younger people, but that really doesn't hold anymore, does it? I think it is the experience of uh, being around for long. Because you find, for example, I give the example of, of Mike Baki. Mike Baki never worked anywhere else other than the government. From the time he graduated from Makerere University, the first job he was given was uh, uh, the, 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 the Secretary General of, of Kanu, which was the ruling party then. Then after that, he was elected as a member of parliament. And from that moment, he was a minister. He was forever a minister until he became president of Kenya. So he's never really lived in the real world? Never. Of the people. So would he know what, what they want? Uh, by serving in various... You know, in Africa, a, minister, uh, a politician actually interacts with the people. Mm -hmm. Not 
in the current in our current establishment the cabinet secretaries are uh, appointed by the president but in the previous uh, system the ministers were members of parliament so they were directly elected by people and they were always down there they were in touch with the uh, with the people on the ground so they understood exactly what goes on around them is being an mp in kenya i believe is a very lucrative job because i think mps in kenya are one of the highest paid in the world what do you have to say about that the mp the mp's life in kenya i know people i think tend to focus so much on how much we are paid but they don't focus on how much uh, how much we deal with the people because when you go out there to the people they want you to pay school fees for their children they want you to do so many things including even paying rent for them <laughs> and so these are some of the things that people don't see what goes on with the with the uh, with the politicians in Africa yeah but you see then that leads to corruption because if you're under pressure to deliver and you cannot deliver then you start taking from somewhere else to, to make people, your, your constituents happy <laughs> well uh, and that's why it says that for you to become a member of parliament you must you must really uh, plan your, yourself well because if you go there and you don't have resources to uh, take care of yourself. You can find even yourself in trouble. You can go bankrupt. Because these people don't understand that a member of parliament cannot have money. Exactly. That is where, <laughs> that's where when they, they come, to be rich. they want to eat, they yes. want money, they want fare, they want everything. <laughs> Including even somebody tells you that his wife has given birth. He wants you to go and pay a hospital bill. Or uh, his father has died something anything completely they just come to you and that's why sometimes mm -hmm. i find it but from my own experience mm -hmm. i've realized that many times these people are desperate and they just need you to help them find a way of uh, uh, earning and having an income to, to to help them i started a project uh, with the women with the women uh, in my constituency and this program is called uh, Tepo Banging. They, they do come and sit, you know, they just come and, and, and uh, contribute money on the table. And the money they contribute there, then those who have the need at that moment, they borrow from, the, from that money and go. And every time they come, you add more money on the table. You add more money every time. So, uh, and this thing has helped to make people self-reliant and they don't like they feel they're already empowered they don't need money from me but they have money there for themselves so, so it's, it's like a credit union do they pay back the loans yes they borrow the money and they return it mm -hmm. so when 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 somebody who has a need comes on the table depending on how much money they have they will allow that person to borrow uh, at the level at which they are operating for they just and they just started with 200 shillings right now some of the groups which uh, and a group has a membership of about between 15 and 20 members mm. some groups are borrowing as much as a hundred thousand because the money has grown for the last uh, three years and uh, these groups now have expanded 
and you find that uh, uh, these women are now supporting their families, then the queues at my office have, have, have are completely uh, dwindled. I, know, I don't deal with the issues of lending or giving out money anymore in my office. So it's the level of empowering people that is actually missing, the, 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 the disconnection. So if you just keep your people poor, then you'll forever. They'll forever come and always want token from you. So despite all the ups and downs of politics, you still enjoy it and you look forward to serving yes. for a very long I time. I think and now I'm very comfortable because what I've done for the last uh, four years, I've empowered women, I have empowered the young people, I have uh, uh, established uh, the education schools, have, have now reformed, there's more enrollment now in schools and all that, those kind of things. And so the next thing that we are going to work on is just to raise the level of uh, uh, security within the, 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 the the constituency, and also um, engage more with the with the county government and the, the national government to improve their service delivery to the people, and that's all that I'm going to focus on. It's not the same way that I I, I came in when I was coming in. There were a lot of uh, things that I had to deal with. Timothy Wanyoni, MP for Westlands constituency in Nairobi, representing the. Opposition Orange Democratic Movement. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Africa and ALC Pan-African Radio. For these and other programs, please visit our website at alcpanafricanradio.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Radio ALC and on Facebook at African Leadership Center. For feedback on this and other programs, please send an email to info at africanradio.com.